Welcome to the Gym Lords Podcast, where we talk to real gym owners and share their stories, their trials, and what's working for them right now. To apply to be a guest on this podcast, click the link in the description. Hope you enjoy and subscribe. Welcome back to another episode of the Gym Lords Podcast, where we talk to gym owners who are in the trenches, doing the work, changing lives. Today, I'm here with James and Allie from Sovo Strength and Performance in Baltimore. Thanks for being here. What's up? Thank you. You're very welcome. Excited to talk to you guys about Sovo. So let's get into it. Tell us about it. Um, so we are a personal, yeah, we, we are a personal training studio um, who uh, we don't offer any um, uh, membership style training where people can just come in and work out whenever they want. Uh, if you're in the facility, you're working with a fitness professional, whether it be a personal trainer or a teacher or coach from whatever other modality that we're that we have offering. Uh, we have classes, we have uh, physical therapists on staff, a um, massage therapist, and we just uh, brought on a nutritionist as well. Yeah, trying to have one of many health and wellness professionals under one roof is, I think, our ideal goal as what, you know, Sobo has to offer. Um, I think that's something important with the fitness industry is to create a space that you can have all of those things. So especially with as, uh, you know, fitness professionals go on in their career, you hope that they create a network that they trust and will refer. And now I feel like we're, you know, thanks to James, we're in this spot where I can easily refer to someone who I know and highly recommend who's also 10 feet down the hallway that you can go and see. So it's very convenient um, and very professional in my opinion. And yeah, I think, I think we're doing great. Perfect. So James, you said off the air that this has been something you've been planning in your head for a while. What were you doing before you opened? Because you're, you're brand new, you're fresh to the industry, you know, just, just open the doors. What were you doing before and how did this come to be? Um, before we opened up at Sobo, uh, I worked at a commercial gym in Baltimore for the past 10 years. Um, I graduated from Salisbury University with a degree in exercise science. And there I, uh, I interned under the strength conditioning coordinator, uh, Matt Nine. Um, prior to the gym opening up, uh, COVID happened um, and Basically, once the gym shut down, I decided that I'm not going to quit training. I immediately called Allie and another trainer, Tony, and I said, uh, we got to figure something out, guys. Um, this, is our, this is our chance to either continue doing what we're doing or to take a bigger leap and, you know, do what we should be doing with our lives and with our education levels and with, our, with the amount of clients that we already have. Um, the uh, the gym that we were working at uh, it was a very very nice gym but it uh, you kind of as everybody does eventually in the gym industry if depending on you know whether or not you're willing to make this a, a legit career or just a side job um, you start to feel a little bit overlooked for your skills and for your uh, your work ethic and your capacity to to help people um, so once I contacted Ali and Tony uh, we almost immediately started looking around for um, a new home. Um, in the meantime, uh, I trained people outside 
for over a year through all weather, freezing cold, wind, rain, hot. Um, my, all, all of my clients stuck with me. I couldn't believe it. They're all super badasses. I really hope that I can do something to show my appreciation for them later. Um, uh, yeah, Allie, you can hop yeah, um, I think, I think, you know, so James and I, we did meet at our, um, old gym and he was, he kind of, he was my mentor and it was James who was like, um, these are the things that we should, that fitness professionals should be like, we should have in place and, and how we can grow and just further in our career. And unfortunately a big box commercial gym does not offer, um, those services to, to be able to make this a career. It limits you. And, and you don't realize that you're in an environment that's limiting your, your, your talent, your potential success. Um, and just, the impact that that has. So I think always James has, has, you know, guided um, me and others towards like, this is, these are the things that uh, we should know and follow. And so when he said, you know, Jim's COVID hit, gyms aren't going to be the same. This is our time. Like I, I was completely like, okay, this is a big step and a huge unknown and risk, but still within like under all of it, it was like, it's what felt right. And it's what I knew we all needed. Otherwise, we were just going to stay stagnant. And that wasn't my goal. Um, and I think he did. We, we kind of just, just right from there started looking at places, got all of our, you know, checklists in place of all the people that we needed to get a business started. And James took on that. And it was a long process. Like it was a year and a half of finally almost year and a half with doors being open. But we, we made it through. We did it. <laughs> We're here now. So it's been a long journey, but it's, it's been good. And here you are. So James, yeah. you masterminded this. You have your good friends who are true believers in see your vision. You have your core group of clients who you were all training that were in the area where you found your building. You have a couple of other professionals, uh, a massage therapist, a physical therapist, who are going to bring their clientele over. So you've started off, hit the ground running. What's the plan to get more people into the doors? Um, so like, so uh, like you mentioned earlier, we've only been open for about a month. Um, and in that amount of time, um, obviously there have been plenty of mistakes on my end uh, as far as getting the business up and running and all the little uh, ins and outs of that happening. I've never been a business owner in my life. Um, so I've had a lot to learn on, and, and uh, I'm still learning a lot, obviously, right now. Um, so primarily the past month, I've been focusing on just making sure everything is running correctly and we can keep our current clientele very, very happy. Um, learning the new uh, software has been a bit of a beast and, you know, all the little ins and outs to go with that, with the client billing and everything. Some, you know, a few mistakes have been made. We've corrected them. It's not that big of a deal. But it's uh, it's you know, it's something that. So what now that we have all that up and running, um, we are uh, the next focus is going to be, with a lot of help from Allie because she's our uh, social media liaison, um, <laughs> with uh, getting more of our information out to the the public who don't know us and who, you know, have no you know who owe us nothing and we owe them nothing and and you know trying to win their hearts the way we've already won. Um, our current clients. Yeah. And um, I know something that 
I think could be eventually once we get into the groove and, um, you know, when we get more time with our name being out there, we have the space to be able to run workshops and seminars from, you know, our nutritionist or physical therapist or trainer. Like we have our full list of someone who could ideally every Saturday be taking an hour and a half chunk of, you know, hey, Baltimore City, like come for, you know, 90 minutes and learn about like how your squats should look and why you, why you may have pain with it. Um, we actually have our first squat clinic next Friday. So uh, we're, we're yeah, trying to, yes, shout out to Corey Hall and Shannon. Um, we, I know James is, he, James is pushing me. He's like, when's that date for your kettlebell workshop? And I'm like, September 18th, like I'm coming. And, and it's good to have that push because it's only helping me and then helping our community and then helping our business. So um, I know that's a big goal for us. And I think, you know, training, personal training is not for everyone and um, that's okay. Like we're, we're not saying every single person needs a trainer, but we need to always be keeping in check with our health and, and fitness, like to be able to have a long, and you know, life and longevity, we need to be able to stay healthy and fit. And I think Sobo is going to be able to provide many outlets of how you can maintain or better your health and fitness. And if that's not a huge selling point, I mean, it's to just stay alive and feel good while you're alive, then I don't know what else there is. Yeah, for sure. So Allie, as the social media liaison, the person who's gonna be really spearheading this community outreach, brand awareness, telling the story of the gym. When we talk social media, there are two, two major aspects of it when it comes to growth in a gym. There's the organic, there's doing those clinics, doing things that you just put out, stories, featuring members, whatever that may look like. And that's a good long game. And it helps reassure people when they're looking into your gym. But when it comes to predictability and having systems and scaling into where a gym owner usually wants to be, it also usually comes down to having a paid marketing source of some sort to round out that funnel or to add another avenue. Are you going to be delving into that as well? Um, me personally, probably, like, we'll see. I'm, I have like a vision, but um, I, you know, did some research and listened to a couple of your uh, episodes of you guys. And I heard um, pretty much every person say, like, we came in with one plan and it changed and that's okay. And I believe that with all aspects of life that we're kind of, we're always evolving. Um, so for right now, I want to be able to do this to the best of my ability with not taking up too much time from my own training, because that is a huge passion of mine is to continue to build my personal training business. Um, but I know James does have plans to be like, you know, we are one month into this. We are so brand new babies, like just trying to keep the, keep everything in motion. And so right now we have to do a lot uh, on our own, but I know James has, um, we've talked about plans for the future to be able to, yes, pass this on to someone else who really knows what they're doing because I like Instagram and I think I'm okay with being on there and sharing things. <laughs> well, thank you. But um, it's, I'm not, uh, it, it's not my, there are people who are professionals at that. And 
I think once we've come to a, a you know position where we can bring that on, I think we should, and I think we will. So that's my vision for now. All right, and I, and we're only audio, but if you could see James is just nodding in agreement and yes. has has always back a hundred percent on for sure. All yeah, that, which, is, which is fantastic. So when people do come in, they do find you social media referral, word of mouth. Do you have a process in place for an intake, a consultation, an onboarding, whatever terminology you like to use? Um, us being, all of us being very seasoned trainers, um, the majority, I, I mean, I think, I think everyone has been a trainer for at least eight years, um, mm -hmm. or Allie's probably very close to that. Um, yeah, almost to seven. Yeah. Um, we all, we all, we don't really have a uh, set um, universal intake process, but we all have our own intake processes that um, we all kind of, uh, we all kind of bite off of each other. We all learn from the same sources. We all use like, you know, you know, functional movement screen and um, uh, FRC and, and, you know, just general body mechanic um, look. Um, as far as the uh, actual selling of memberships go, um, because, uh, right now, um, they're all 1099, um, employees, they're all contractors. Um, there, we all kind of have our, our own membership options and pricing. Um, so depending on who the, uh, person is set up with, depending on the time they want, male or female trainer, exactly what they're looking for, as far as, um, if they want to focus more on mobility training or sports specific training or whatever uh we'll kind of set you up with each individual um trainer but all, we all have, kind of have our own process right now i guess is what i'm saying i would like to make that more of a uni universal thing eventually um but i trust my current trainers to be able to handle that on their own without me looking over their shoulder okay so if if a lead comes in somebody reaches out on instagram or facebook or through your website do you there's only one person reach out back to them and try to determine who they should come in and speak with? I see what you're saying. Um, no, so we have a, uh, we have a, a gym um, email that all of the trainers have access to. And basically uh, when a lead comes in through that or if it comes in through the website, I will forward the information to the, to the trainers and I'll give them, you know, you know, what times they're looking for and all, everything I just talked about. And uh, we'll try to connect them with whichever trainer might suit their um, needs the most. Um, the issue right now, I'm, honestly, which is kind of a, it's kind of a funny issue to have is that all of our schedules are pretty close to booked. Um, yeah, uh, that's, that's kind of, yeah, what we're yeah. fighting over is like availability. I think yeah. that's our like first be like, okay, find out what this person's availability is and their needs because that's definitely important. But again, I think like what James said is, you know, we're under a, a a gym that has top of the line trainers. And, and with that, you, we all have, there's trust. So I'm not looking around being like, why is that person over here with, you know, working with this? Cause I, I don't need to, there's trust within our, in, with our team. And that's huge. Okay. So two things that I wanted to touch on that, that the two of you had mentioned, one of them is James, you brought up that everybody is 1099. So does do your clients as a whole at Sobo, do they pay Sobo and then you have a system of divvying it up 
and paying the trainers or is everybody collecting on their own and just working under the umbrella? No, so um, so all of the all the clientele go through um, the gym what the gym software uh, and big, yeah, basically at the end of every month, um, me and the other trainer uh, Tony, who um, he he stepped up and he wants to uh, be a, a bigger help in the financial department because it's not my strong suit, um, and he offered to give his uh, time and attention a little deeper to it. Uh, so yeah, at the end of the month, uh, we look at who who brought what in. You know, we figure out the percentages, and I divvy it out from there in checks. Perfect, perfect, super helpful. And then the other thing that I wanted to ask is natural progression in trainers in higher skill, higher touch environments these days seems to be when you run up against that ceiling, you're capped out on training. Do you go as a default? and try to put people in small group training from one-on-one to try to leverage time? Or do you say, we can't take anybody else until we get another trainer? How are you handling being at sort of a cap? Um, I I think this is, I think Ali can actually touch on this pretty well. Um, I I think the class, I think the classes at, at, uh, at Sobo are going to be a really big deal. Um, especially with the level of training that we already do. Um, the majority of my train, my personal training is small group training, one to three people, um, just because I don't have the time to train all one-on-one um, clientele. Um, the, some of the other trainers are kind of leaning into that now, but they come from a space where they exclusively work one-on-one and they're a little bit hesitant and unsure of the quality of training that they can put out if, a, if they have a few more people, which I'm extremely confident that they can still deliver a very, very good product. Uh, but you know, it's a, it's a, it's a comfort thing and I'm not forcing anybody into anything. Allie's already started some of her classes and she's blowing up in that. And it's, it's, that's going to be huge. Um, I think the, the, the next progression would, would be like what you said, um, going from small group training, maybe to larger classes. And I do have to eventually hire probably one, possibly two more trainers. Um, I have a few people in mind that I've kind of been talking to here and there. Um, but they will have to go through a pretty extensive process of um, mentoring under our uh, our current trainers. Yeah, and and to to add to James, I think um, you know small group training and and for having seventy five people on monthly memberships so far, I don't think we've had more than like a total of I don't know ten people. Like it it doesn't feel like that, and so that's why I think the setup of our schedules and how it's it's kind of like conveyor belt of clients coming in. Um, you know, every two to three people come in on the hour and it's a very convenient way to fit as many people in while still having the, you know, personal training, the coaching side to it. Um, and then again, with why this is such just a benefit to be working at a place like this at Sobo is because now we have access for clients who are like, Um, I only want like personal training, they can go and and get that. But if they're like, no, I'm good with being with a small group, then they can fill into that conveyor belt. Or if they want to come upstairs to my group classes and be with five to seven people, they can do that. And um, I think having the access is, is hopefully will be playing in our benefit with all of those, the access to variety, I guess is what I'm trying to to put out there and just so. and just to expand on that a little bit more um so a lot of uh Allie's, um classes are 
more more or less they're uh, fundamentals classes of fundamental human human patterns human movements. Yeah. They're, they're they're you know it's you know if you want to learn how to swing a kettlebell properly, you have to first learn how to, how to deadlift properly. You know if yeah. you and a big part of any kind of kettlebell work is being able to you know get into a deep squat or use or do a TGU. It's all about body control. So as far as the pipeline of getting a new um, prospect and actually getting them into a training environment, things like Ali's classes and any kind of under, uh, uh, Glenn has also talked about doing a fundamentals class of some type of um, working on Tony, but he's a little bit more of a hermit. He, he doesn't like people as much. So <laughs> <laughs> um, he, stay, he stays with the personal. <laughs> yeah. He, he, the he, he, likes, he likes his crew and he, he doesn't, he doesn't want too much more than that. That's, that's fine, man. That's, that's, it. that's his deal. Um, but yeah, but so talking about the pipeline of getting people involved in the training, if let's say all of our, all of our, all of our session times are completely booked up, I can say, Hey, how about you go join Allie's fundamental of uh, kettlebells classes. And, you know, after a few weeks, you know, hopefully a time slot will open up that, that works for your time and we can get you into a uh, smaller group or one-on-one -on -one training. Yeah. Um, so, you know, there, there's definitely, there's definitely already a, uh, a system in place as far mm -hmm. as you know keeping people moving and not turning someone away just because we don't have the time to train them yep and so there is a growth in Allie's classes and i can see where things are progressing towards where you're doing going alley james as far as the amount of coaching that you're doing on the floor right now how much are you are you doing how many hours a week would you set uh, yeah, that's definitely something that um, in all of the uh, gym owner books that I've read, I'm definitely training a, a way too much as far as what people uh, assume. Um, I'm probably I'm probably training. Um, I'd have to look at the the last numbers, but it's probably between 35 and 40 hours a week of just strictly training, um, which is a lot as being a gym owner. But um, I like I said, the the clients that I have that I've had all through COVID have stuck with me. And um, I, it's, it's hard for me to pass them along to someone else or to tell them that I don't have the time to train them. Um, that'll, be a, that'll be a personal growth issue that I'll have to, I'll have to come to a head to eventually. Um, but right now, I'm, I'm, it's, it's working out well enough. I do need to set aside more time for being a gym owner and not being just a trainer, though. You're absolutely right. <laughs> Yeah, so you're leaning on your work ethic right now and giving yourself a little bit of leeway to transition, but you know that ultimately those hours you're spending on the floor are taking time, attention, energy away from working on the business, growing the gym into what your vision is. Yeah, yeah, it's it's definitely, it's a, it's going to be a personal growth issue for me, and it's one of those things where I'm I'm a bit of a workaholic. Uh, I like, I like, you know, I like to say I like to wake up and I have a dragon to slay every day. So, you know, if I don't have a dragon to slay, I get really bored and antsy and annoying. You can ask my wife. Um, Why we call him Dragon. <laughs> James's nickname was Dragon back in the day. <laughs> nice. but, but it's, uh, but, but I, I just have to find different ways to channel that, you know. And, um, and uh, obviously being a gym owner, there are a lot of pathways that I can use with that. Um, I just have to get better at not focusing as much on training and actually focusing more on growing the business as a whole and not just my own you know, training and everything. Okay, so your vision's come to life. You've been able to touch it, mold it, be in it, work on it for the last, give it, call it a month for round numbers. 
you went into it with a plan. Some things have probably gone the way you wanted, some probably not, but you had a plan and now you, you can see where you want to be. So where do you want to be a year down the road from now? What's that goal? Um, I haven't set myself up a year down the, down the road. Um, my goal for the next month is to have over 100 clients and to hire uh, one other person to either be a um, some type of, of group class instructor, either yoga or Pilates or something along those lines. Um, I, I, I've, I've always tried to give myself more um, short-term attainable, attainable goals. Mm -hmm. um, I haven't looked at, looked at, like I said, I mean, I, we, we've only really been open a month and um, a lot of that month has just been making sure, you know, everything is working correctly. Uh, now that we're getting kind of past that and I'm getting to the point where I can look over the hill a little bit, um, I do, uh, yeah, I need to um, sit down and actually draw up a little, bit, a little bit more of a plan of where I want to be this time next year. Uh, but right now, my, my primary goal is to get over 100 clients in the next month, the beginning of by the end of the next month, and um, have at least one more class instructor of some type. Perfect. So you said, and I love your phrasing, you wake up every day, you need to have a dragon to slay. And it sounds like you realize that you can only really take on one at a time if it's a real dragon. So what's the one? Is it... Is it getting to that hundred clients? Is that the biggest dragon you're trying to slay? Or is, is the hundred clients the goal and you see something in the way that's the dragon? Um, well, that's, yeah, that's the other thing. I, I, I consider myself a good multitasker. Um, some people might disagree with that, <laughs> but uh, yeah, I, I, I generally just try to um, I, I'll like set weekly goals, um, more or less in my head. Um, I've, you know, I've got one of those brains where I, if something, I have to do something, I can't not think about anything else, but that thing until it gets done. Um, so I kind of checked it off the list as I go through the week. Uh, I, um, I try to, I try to be a little bit better with, um, with delegating and, uh, trying to keep the gym moving forward without just me focusing on that. That's why Allie's been such a rock star with the social media tony's been a huge help with uh with um um cash flow and money and whatnot uh and glenn is just you know he's doing his thing he's, he's helpful in every other way that he can find possible um yeah uh, i kind of forgot the question <laughs> that's all right you you answered it it was just really framing if you if you had one big you know, maybe more than a daily dragon or one thing, but it, it sounds like it's, you're in that phase where it's just realizing that things are working, people are actually coming, things are working the way that you wanted them to, and you're just waking up every day with a plan to try to hit those next steps and those next goals. Yeah, yeah. Um, uh, the, the, the ultimate goal is to... Um, is to, is to show up and, and be a great trainer, be a great boss, be a great husband, be a great father. That's like, that's what I want to do every day is I want to be the best that I can possibly be. I don't always see it that um, in one way or another. Uh, and it, it bums me out when I don't succeed at it. But I also know that tomorrow's and I have another chance to do it better again. Um, so it's, uh, 
the gym the gym is, is is moving along very well in my opinion um and we still have a yeah, lot a lot a lot to do and a lot of a lot of growth to happen um and most of that is going to come from my end uh, the trainers that are in there right now they're doing their job the way that you know the best way that i could hope they would is they're showing up every day and you know they're never missing clients they're 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 giving the best product possible and now it's just up to me to you know continue everything else as far as you know making sobo more of a um, well-known name in baltimore and make it considered the 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 pinnacle of personal training studios and health and wellness centers in Baltimore. That's the ultimate goal. Yeah. Perfect. I think we're doing a good job too. I, it feels really organic. Everything too. It's like, you know, I think we're our, our hardest critic, especially when we're starting something that's very new and very like foreign, like this is huge. This is a huge step for everyone involved. And I don't know, it's just felt very, it's felt organic and, um, I'm real. I'm, I feel really grateful. And I think James is, is doing a really great job of, you know, checking in and, and having plans like, you know, like you said, for the basement level, like we're trying to get that into a nice recovery um, zone down the road. Like there's a lot, there's, you know, there, we've got a lot of ideas. It's now just, now that we're finally here, it's time to bring them to life. Perfect. So this is the point in the podcast where usually I will ask, you've been in business a while, things are flowing, you've seen some, some different things, and what would you tell yourself going back to the day you opened? That's only a month ago, so I'd like to bring it back a little bit more. James, as the mastermind and, and Allie being your, your full supporter, and I'm sure that, that that'll show in the answers, when you started formulating this and in, in talking to Allie, talking to Tony about it, if there was something you could have known then besides predicting the pandemic, what do you think the biggest, most helpful piece of knowledge that you've gained could have been? Um, I would have, I, I've, I've, I have a few friends that I've leaned on very heavily who are also gym owners um, and uh, Nick Sosensky being um, probably, primarily number one. Um, he's also a, a CrossFit, um, box owner. Um, he's, uh, he's been, he's been, I mean, hugely beneficial to me as a mentor, as far as being a gym owner. Um, I, I, he, we get along very well, him and I, because we, uh, we, we actually started training together, um, like over 10 years ago in the same, uh, place. And uh, he he speaks my 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 lingo very well. He's he's not he's not very stuffy. He's not very um, not very uh, not very white collar. You know, he's 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 a lot. He's, he he does a very good job of explaining. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> he does a very <laughs> he does a, he does a very good job of uh, explaining things to me in a way that I would understand. And I kind of wish actually that I would have spoken a little bit more to somebody who was a little more white collar. Uh, somebody who was uh, uh, who, who could give me a little bit deeper of a um, understanding of the business side of things. Um, I think probably part of the issue with him and I is that me and him have been friends for a very long time, and uh, our conversations always quickly devolve into you know what you saw on TV the other day, and it's uh, it, it wasn't it, it uh, he 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 was 
you know, extremely helpful mentor to me as far as um, that goes. But I probably should have talked to a few other gym owners um, and uh, ones who I didn't have as much of a relationship with uh, who could be a little bit more straightforward with me and a little more stern. That probably would have benefited me a little bit better. Allie, anything to add? Uh, I think for me, this whole process is more, um, uh, I guess, personal, like uh, setting setting boundaries for myself, like as a trainer, as a coach, um, as a being, you know, independent contractor, it's now like me, I am my one woman show. And but it being with James, it doesn't feel like that. Like it doesn't, I don't, I think that helps too with just like if I never first saw myself like getting to a position where I would be working on like like for myself and um I think the planning of it and the timing like this was six years pretty much in the in the making even though it was only a year and a half ago when James was like hey let's do this um when I started working like as a trainer six years ago it, that was saying like hey this is your journey and um for me, I would just say like any other coach or coach who's going to try to be their own business owner, it's just like have the faith and the trust in yourself. And if you if you need help, find a mentor because that makes your life a lot easier. And um, just the self-doubting and the reaching out for help, those two things, I would say enough of the self-doubt, trust your gut, go with it, and then um, surround yourself by people who know, who are really good at what they do. So, yeah. so you, you both yeah. in a nutshell said the same thing. Same it's thing. Great. Yeah, I think so. It's great to have faith in what you're doing. It's great to have conviction. It's great to have a plan, knowledge, all of those things, but having resources of somebody who's been there, done that and can help you accelerate that learning curve and set your expectations is huge and something that I believe everybody should seek out. Definitely. Yeah. Definitely. Well, it's been a pleasure having you too. Yeah. Sounds like we have to go, but before we do, where can people find you online? What's the website? What are the social media handles that Allie's killing? Where do we find it? <laughs> uh, uh, where do we find you guys? You find us at 1104 Hall Street. In uh, Locust Point, Mar Locust Point, Baltimore. Um, our website is sobosnp.com. Um, our uh, Gmail is sobostrong at gmail.com. And our Ali, I'll let you handle this. Yeah. Instagram is also as our website. It's sobosnp, and and is spelled out a n d. But those are our socials, and um, that's where you can find us doing our thing. Perfect. Thanks, guys. I appreciate you having here, having you here. It's been great. Of course. Our listeners, thanks for tuning in to another episode of the Gym Lords podcast. Don't forget to hit that subscribe button, throw us a like, leave us a review. We love the feedback. If you're interested in being on the podcast, there's a link in the description wherever you found us. Fill out the form. Someone from the team will get back to you as soon as possible. To everybody out there in Gym Lords Nation, keep working hard, keep changing lives. Gym Lords out. Thank you for listening to this interview, but don't go anywhere. We still have two more incredible interviews coming right up inside this episode. 
But if you're a gym owner that's looking to get more clients, keep them longer, and make more money, head to the link in the description of this podcast and schedule a free leave your credit card at home consultation with one of our business consultants. You see, here at Gym Launch, we've helped over 4,000 gym owners across the world increase their sales, take home more money, and build the business of their dreams. And it simply starts with a phone call. Click on the link in the description of this podcast to schedule your call today. Now, let's head into the next interview. What's going on, everyone? Welcome back to another episode of the Gym Lords Podcast. I'll be your host today. My name is Joe Fitzgerald, and joining us on the show is Mr. Greg Claycomb of Edge Body Bootcamp, coming to you from Louisville, Kentucky. Greg, what's going on, sir? How are you today? Doing good, man. Excited to be here. Excited to share my experiences, connect with you a little bit. Yeah, absolutely. And and plenty of experiences there have been. It sounds like nine years of experiences, at least in this business. Talk to us a little bit about the the history of this whole thing. For people who aren't familiar with Edge Body, talk to us about why you wanted to get into the fitness industry, when this whole thing came about, how did you do it? Give us some context here. Okay. Uh, so nine years in business now, um, there's a lot of history developed. And then my training career even goes three years before that. I've been doing this for about 12 and a half years now. And what piqued my interest in initially was growing up, I was a really small kid. I w- I've always been very hyperactive and uh, into sports, you know, playing, running around, riding bikes. But I, I was always the pipsqueak. So when it came to sports, I had talent, but it was usually on the lower side of who got picked, you know, maybe got bullied a little bit through that. A um, little bit of bullying going on in the neighborhood and schooling as well. Uh, overall, by the time I got through high school, I was tired of that. So I started going to the gym and fell in with some of the, the right guys at the gym, a, a couple of bodybuilders, a um, couple of the, the trainers that were running the facility. And they took me under their wing. You know, really great people that uh, got me put in the right direction with good habits, self-care, and teaching me the science foundations behind how to eat properly and everything. So at, you know, turning into an adult at 18 years old, I was making my first transformation. And when I, I tell you, I was small, I graduated high school. I was five foot nine and 130 pounds. And I think, uh, lean, lean. Yeah, the, the bicep part of my arm was smaller than my elbow at that point. <laughs> I had a real, real small stature. So uh, I was able to gain within a couple of years, 70 pounds of muscle. I transformed myself up to 200 pounds and I was jacked, man. I was loving it. My confidence was through the roof, uh, how I held myself, how I was communicating instead of being a crazy introvert. Uh, I was starting to come out of my shell and build opportunities for myself, build connections. You know, my friendships were getting deeper and that overall, it just, it was a transformation that I felt in myself that along that way in those first two years, I, uh, I decided that I wanted to help other people experience that shift in life. And I had gotten certified and started working. Uh, my first job was at Urban Active. And okay. I was, had really no idea what I was doing. I got pretty lucky. There was some good staffing there as well to help me get started in training people. Uh, but then first few years of work for a few different companies. And um, my last job for someone else I was doing something very similar to what I'm doing now. And actually they used to be in this building uh, after I worked for them, but once I had started Edgebody and overall the, the business, it was a great concept and it was helping a lot of people. So I was getting that fulfillment 
and the transformation aspect, but the ownership of that company and how things were being ran was not up to date or uh, up to grade with my moral code. So we didn't really see eye to eye with them. And overall it led to me being fired. Um, I wouldn't fall in suit and they didn't like it. And I'm pretty open about that. I, I'm a little proud of it actually, that I stood my ground. I took Yeah, not necessarily a bad thing. Uh, yeah, and at the time I had a lot of family issues going on and this guy knew about that. I had, um, you know, immediate family going through drug issues. There was a pretty bad heroin epidemic about 11 years ago in our city. Yeah. And um, had, you know, no communication with my father. I'd just gotten out of a relationship where uh, I thought I had a baby with this woman, this young lady, and it turned out not to be mine. So a lot of personal traumas and emotional battles. And through that was getting hit with um, the, the test at work and lost my job. So essentially what happened, I ended up being homeless and had, had this amazing skill and passion that I had developed for the past few years and uh, got approached by a guy who is a savior of mine. He's a great mentor and friend of mine now, Dustin Edge, whom we co-founded. He was the originator of Edge Body Bootcamp, uh, but he was like, I got this idea. I want to get going. Do you want to be a partner? So I said, yeah, man, uh, we worked together. He had gotten some of the uh, initial paperwork done in the background. We, we did a little startup and uh, within a few months, uh, I was, you know, grinding it out, staying on my friend's couch, building my workout plans, building my business plan, doing all my brainstorming and uh, my web diagrams and I think, you know, I got fired, I think in uh, February and by May 1st, 2013, I opened up subleasing a 900 square foot spot. I was paying $400 a month to rent this back room. I launched a Groupon deal. Groupon is what got me going, man. I was doing uh, four weeks for $39 of unlimited boot camps with me. And I'd never done it before, but people came in. And even though the, the gym I was renting from was pretty ugly. It was, it hadn't been renovated since the, the early seventies, I think. And it was locally known for that, but people still came in and I was enthused about it. So of course I led with great service. I led with that passion and was able to get a pretty hot start. Uh, within my first year, I had signed up 65 members at anywhere between 60 and a hundred dollars a month, depending on what their commitment level was with two days, three days, unlimited, uh, and after that first year, the, the gym owner wanted to raise my rent for this little dusty back room to a thousand dollars. And I said, you know what, let's take this show on the road. Let's get it going. So we, we found a spot of our own, a couple miles away in a little strip mall. It was a, a shotgun unit, 2,500 square feet, including the office and bathrooms and closet storage. Uh, so we stayed there for three years though built it up and things were going great. We uh, stayed on Groupon for, I'd say the first five years of business. And then eventually Groupon fell off. Uh, right. Started doing weight loss challenges and being very hands-on with the service in that. I've always been a big believer in leading with service. I think that's had a lot to do with why we've been able to get into a, a bigger facility in the end here and service a lot more people. Uh, you know, expand how many jobs we have available here. We've got seven people on payroll. So that's been cool helping other people fulfill that passion. Yeah, uh, yeah we spent three years there, uh, got up to about 125 members. 
And then that building essentially was having some issues. The AC unit was constantly going out, stuff like that. Um, and then I found this space, which the guy that I previously worked for, I'm not going to mention any names out of hardness here, but uh, they had moved out of here. And I, yeah. I was living at the time in the apartments across the street and running my business and seeing him in this awesome space here was uh, pretty nerve wracking. It irked my nerves every day. And then I saw him leave one day and I was like, whoa, hold on. That space is open now. But I had a year left on my lease. Um, just kind of kept my fingers crossed that it would stay open. And, you know, I was about four months left on my lease and it was still open. So I called him. We got a hell of a deal here, locked it down. We've got 10,000 square feet. I mean, we have a whole resistance, four squat racks with, uh, you know, eight different barbells, bumper plates, we've got dumbbells up to 75s. We've got the uh, soft gymnastics flooring area with uh, the battle ropes, suspension trainers. We do a lot of the hands on the floor, prone position workouts on that. And then we've got our turf line with our sleds, our uh, yeah. flips, little cardio equipment at the end. We do a lot of footwork drills down there. So yeah. I've been able to really create a beautiful program um, in nine years now that we've got the facility operating where it's at got the training staff and me built, you know, pouring my energy into both sides there. Um, it's been quite a journey, a lot of obstacles to overcome, but we, we made it here. Uh, now we're, yeah, it certainly sounds like it's come a long way. Definitely. To be honest. And the, yeah. more, the most recent issue obviously has been COVID and yeah. I know everybody was affected by it in the world, but, um, for the sake of this podcast, gym owners, took a, an especially unique hit here because we didn't just have to shut down for two or three months. We had to face the fear of being around crowds of people and sweating on each other, uh, breathing heavily in each other's space. And that, that stood around for another year after opening. I really just saw that start to fall back on the fear. Uh, early this year, 2022, uh, we did a, a really good New Year's launch had our best New Year's ever. And honestly, I think it saved the company because at that point we were still at risk of going out of business. We had lost, uh, we were had 225 boot camp members and 15 personal training clients before COVID. Um, on the business side, we were profitable and we were entering a zone of profit where I was starting to get ideas to open another location. Um, we weren't quite at the, the spot yet where I was checking into real estate or anything but we were brainstorming. And then coming out of the uh, shutdown, when we opened back up, we had 140 bootcamp members and only five personal training clients. So literally yeah. half the income. Big hit, and big yeah. hit. The problem I faced that I think is a little unique uh, as a gym owner is that I had experienced such good success in the six and a half years pr prior to COVID that I was able to build this, this business into something fairly large at this point for one location and the overhead to run this business now is sitting around 20 K per month. And that's with, um, you know, the, the rent, the utilities, the, the training staff payroll, my payroll, which took a major, sure. hit. I've, I had to cut myself back more than 50% on what I was making. Just I think to, a lot of gym owners can relate to that. Jeez. Uh, so essentially I'm, I'm paying myself what it takes to pay my bills and maybe uh, take myself and my fiance out to eat once a week or so. Yeah. Uh, but aside from that, we've made major cutbacks. Um, 
and having to keep a facility like this open without all that overhead, you know, even though we were able to get some funding from the government, it was so minimal. Uh, the personal sacrifices have been endless here. So we've built it back up since the COVID shutdown. You know, it's been a couple of years. Uh, we're sitting at about 185 boot camp members. And yeah. that's what do you think you could handle? What's the, what's the ceiling for that? Ceiling, I'd say, is somewhere between 300 and 350 members. Okay, and so, so still room to grow, right? Plenty. And we, we had plenty of room to grow. And that was the thing is, you know, there was still um, a lot of people to help and a lot of money to be made on the business side uh, to fund expansion. And we were getting there. So we've gone now to, uh, we started with tucking our tails at first. And then uh, a lot of fear, thought I was going to go out of business. And I realized I had a bad month of depression and then decided I was going to turn things around. I said, you know what? This anxiety I'm experiencing, this depression is coming from a lack of a plan. So I just started networking, talking to people, getting all their ideas, writing them down, um, you know, trying to develop partnerships where I could to build some strength and ease my mind a little bit. Did a solid month there, really buckled down. And um, at least got a game plan going that that eased the fear and got us back in a position where now it's like, okay, we're not going to go out of business next month. We we're not going to go out of business in six months. Um, I'm pretty secure for now. Now it's how can we get ourselves back to a profitable stature to where number one, as the owner who's put in his heart and soul, so much time and energy. I mean, so many 60 and 70 hour weeks in the past nine years to make something like this happen. How can I get back to making uh, money to where I can support myself and build a family? Because I, I do deserve that from all that I've done here. And then number two, how can we get back to a point where the business can expand and I can get some of my personal time back? So I'm maybe working uh, for 30 or 40 hours a week, helping my team help people rather than me being so hands-on I had to come back into the game and take over a lot of boot camps and personal training and, um, you know, retrain my staff, redo our systems. Cause now after COVID, you know, marketing is different. Um, onboarding clientele, our packages, our pricing is different. So having to retrain everybody, I've, I've been back on my 50 to 60 hour week grind yep. or far less pay than I was getting before on that grind. Right. So, well, Greg, let's, let's stay let's motivated there for a moment and, and sort of analyze that. I mean, people tune into our podcast to hear about how other gyms are filling out their membership. And, and you are a perfect avatar for this sort of position right now. You guys are right in the thick of it, rebuilding membership and trying to grow beyond that. Talk to us about the marketing that goes into that. What have you tried so far? And what do you think that you'll try moving forwards? So uh, prior to COVID, I did most of it myself. I had a, a few mentors that would kind of give me some guidelines and you know ideas. I would study a little bit on my own. I had learned quite a bit about the Facebook algorithms and how that marketing went. And Facebook was rocking for me. You know, I could spend five hundred dollars a month, and I could bring in enough leads to uh, make a few thousand dollars off of that, and also convert. Uh, 40 to 60% of them, depending on the time of year, because we know how the fitness industry is. Uh, but I was, my conversion rate was in that realm most year round. And we were growing at a rate of, you know, five to 10 members a month after we consider cancellations, which 
is great growth okay, so net positive, year, it put us in another little financial positive. position yeah so expansion okay. was smooth um but since then not only has our our marketing budget decreased because uh we were no longer profitable we were in the hole pretty deep uh so it gave us minimal money to market with and facebook most social media platforms have changed how they've set restrictions for uh business marketing and it's affected small businesses the most so where i used to spend 500 dollars and be able to make back you know uh 50 000 in revenue over the next 12 months off of 500 bucks um now you know and at some one point i was up to spending a thousand or 1200 on marketing because of where we were at financially and you know, yeah. we were continuing to invest. I had to scale it back down to 500 per month. And that 500 now, um, we maybe can sign up 10 to $15,000 in revenue over the next 12 months, which unfortunately puts us at very, very slow growth where we're increasing memberships one to two members per month after we consider cancellations. Yeah. Um, but we could so grow faster. It's just more or less the, the landscape has changed. The rules of the game have changed a little bit, right? So we're now... We're now trying to look into other avenues of marketing. I've, I've gotten with a guy who is doing a lot of uh, the SEO for Google. He's built out a website, got it all ran to everything is to put us in the top uh, spot for Google when people are doing the keyword searches and then to get them in here. So we, we've created all those systems and it's flowing, um, starting to pick up a little momentum. I've, I've done a partnership with another company who takes care of the lead generation. They come in and they sign the people up on the program. That's a profit share partnership. Um, it seemed very intriguing, but in the end, it's not why we helped a lot of people, but it's not been highly profitable. I so, see. Yeah. Uh, as soon as you start to, to sign off some of that net margin to other companies, it like you like to your point, it, there's not much left. Right. Right. And the amount of work that goes into servicing that many people, um, you almost have to spend what profit you're shared in that deal just to service them. Right. So what the company profits is very marginal. Yeah. Okay. And so we've done a number of things. I think, I mean, the name of the game is trial and error for a lot of gym owners. You've done a whole bunch of different things. I want to hear sort of the next step in the process. We're getting leads from a number of different sources. Talk to us about what a sales process is like. We get a lead in, what yeah. happens in between that moment and that person signing up? How does that look? Okay, there's a, a lot of automations in the very, very beginning. You know, when somebody clicks on a, an ad, they click on a learn more, they fill out a form and inquire. So they're essentially putting in an application to see if they'd be a good fit for our program. Uh, once we get them on as a lead, they go into our CRM, a pipeline, that we have on a online that keeps everything organized for us. And then we contact them. We have a, a follow-up questionnaire for them just to make sure that this is something that they're ready for, that um, you know they're not one foot in, one foot out, gonna waste both of our time by meeting. And then if we feel like they're qualified, we'll meet them in person, show them our facility, uh, give them a workout, do a little bit more troubleshooting with you know why this is important to them, what their lifestyle is like, how can we help uh, strategize? We call these strategy sessions. How can we put together a strategy for you to be successful in achieving these goals? And by the end of that meeting, it comes down to, do you believe that the strategy we've put forth here 
is something that you would enjoy and be able to follow through with, see the results out of, you know, be successful with. And number two, do our membership options, um, you know, fall in your budget? Are they feasible for you? So uh, it's a system that we've, we've adapted several times. And while we are having some success with it, um, I do feel like there's still some stuff missing. And, you know, I was even listening through some Jim Lord podcasts uh, over the past couple of weeks. And earlier today, I cut my grass this morning before it got too hot. And Love it. I was like, you know, I'm gonna throw on some Jim Lords, listen to a few episodes. So I listened to the most recent one this morning. Um, just trying to pull ideas on what the next steps are. I, I did uh, get inspired to maybe do an organic marketing uh, funnel where this could even be a kickoff. My Jim Lords podcast. Hey, my my team here of you know almost 200 clients between all the different types of services we offer. How much do you all know about us? Do you know my story? Do you know that we're still struggling because people see this facility that you see behind me and, you know, the, the aesthetic here has a very successful feel to it. So people, right. you know, they might think that I'm sitting on a million dollars in my bank account and everything's smooth. So I think I'm going to release this as a kickoff to an organic campaign for people sure. to see, Hey, we need help. If you like what we're doing here, how can we get your friends, family involved? How can we, you know, get you some, some extra benefits as a veteran member that we appreciate so much for helping us grow and get out of this um, little, like you said, in the thick of it time that we're in and right. get to that, that progressive stage that we were at before, because that's when everybody's really enthused. Yeah. Well, I mean, Greg, this whole, this whole conversation has been around strategies and ideas to grow a business right? To go from A to B. Mm -hmm. What's that B for you guys? What's the sort of long-term vision that you have for Edge? Gotcha. Well, that's a, a great question. And to be honest, the where I'm at right now was not even close to the vision that I had in the beginning. Like I told you earlier, starting off living on my buddy Joe's couch. Shout out to Joe. He's a great dude for letting me do that. Uh, my initial goal was to make enough to make two to $3,000 a month so that I could afford an apartment and train people for a living and, you know, essentially be an adult. <laughs> uh, and over the years, as I saw what I was capable of, got maybe a little less naive about how the world is, uh, it's turned into this. And now what I foresee is I'd like to have a second location here in Louisville and, uh, be able to spread out a little bit more across the city, maybe even go three here in town, uh, build up a kind of a district type of operation. And to be quite honest, uh, a lot of people here in, in Kentucky would agree with me. My allergies do not agree with this state. So <laughs> I need, uh, I've spent over 30 years in Kentucky not being able to breathe. I need to get out west and maybe a little more south somewhere like Texas. Okay. Long-term, I'd like yeah. to, to spread my wings, maybe open it up a location or two in that city and then go back and forth, you know, with, if you have four or five locations that are majority, uh, in a majority successful, that opens up a lot of funding to be able to hire out manager positions, full uh, right. departments for sales and coaching with, you know, head trainers, head of sales, to be able to afford plane tickets so that, hey, I'm going to be in Louisville every Monday. I'm going to fly to Louisville and then fly back home Tuesday morning to, to wherever I'm at and be in my city again. But 
um, it would keep me in the loop to where I could continually be providing for my clients. They would still see me uh, be able to grow my staff, make sure that they're happy, that they're staying progressive with their goals and with ours as a company. Um, and then ultimately fulfill my goals of being a CEO of a company for helping people transform the, their health and fitness needs. Yeah. I think that's, that's incredibly ambitious and we love those types of goals. I mean, obviously everybody that gets into fitness does so because they want to help people, right? Mm -hmm. For you to help the most people that's going to come in other locations, in other ways. And, and for you to do that, what needs to happen? What's sort of step one in your journey there? Well, I think one of the, the misconceptions from the consumer point of view is that this is all possible if I do everything on my own. And having a 10,000 square foot facility packed full of all the equipment that people would need, having time, I have a six month boot camp program that goes through a power phase, hypertrophy, muscular conditioning, cardio endurance, you know, having all, all these things built out properly would not have been possible if I didn't have trainers um, supporting me working here. If I didn't have a manager helping me organize everybody's uh, quote paperwork these days, it's all online, but uh, you know, keeping people's profiles and, and evaluations organized. So I think the next step for me is to get this place profitable so that I can staff properly to pull me back out of the training aspect of things so that I can go more into management and CEO decisions um, to be made. Because if, if that never happened in the first place, this wouldn't even be here for anybody to take advantage of to get their, their benefits right. out of. Right. So I'm in this tussle right now where people want me to be hands-on. They want me to be a part of this company, never leave Kentucky, you know, always be the trainer and I should do more boot camps and all this. Um, so we're, I'm transitioning into becoming profitable and getting my staff properly trained so they can be as close to me as possible to be able to help these people and expand so more people can have this resource. Yeah. Cause that's what it takes. A lot of the time going, going from location one to two is the hardest move, right? Two uh -huh. to three, three to four. We've right. already proven success. Removing you from the situation is probably going to be the biggest hurdle here. And it is. And Greg, I had, that's, that's uh, probably, go ahead. I had done that once before, before COVID. I was at a point where I had a handful of personal training clients uh, but it was uh, a few of the ones that I had just grown to love over the years that I didn't want to stop training. They didn't want me to stop training them. And we, we decided we'll keep that going. But for the most part, I was on growing the business, making sure that all my clients' needs were taken care of so that they could get everything that they need out of what I created. Uh, and with COVID, you know, due to the budget restrictions, I had to step back in on a lot of stuff. Um, fortunately, I, I'd, I'd never let anybody go. I was still able to employ everybody. I made that one of my main priorities. I even, uh, you know, took some personal sacrifices to make sure that everybody that worked here, if you want if you still need this money, you want this job, you have it still. Mm. But a couple of them left along the way. And because of the financial situation we were in, I stepped in and took over their roles. And in the past two years, that's been three different uh, coaches that yeah. I've taken back over. And a lot I, of time. I simply just can't afford to pay uh more payroll right now yeah and so 
Greg, I think that's a situation that a lot of gym owners around the country can resonate with. And so that's, that'll be an interesting path for you moving forward, but certainly one that's not insurmountable. And so it's a great place for us to start to wrap this whole podcast up before we sign out of here entirely. I want to give you the chance to tell people where they can go to learn a little bit more about this. Is there social media? Is there a website? Where can people go to find out more? Awesome. Yeah. I appreciate this opportunity. Uh, we do have a website, edgebodybootcamp.com backslash Louisville KY. Uh, if you just go to edgebodybootcamp.com, you'll see options. Like I said, I do have a business partner. We have a location in another city that he's operating currently. Uh, if you go on social media, everything is at edgebodybootcamplouisville or facebook.com backslash edgebodybootcamplouisville. YouTube, type in the search bar. You guessed it, Edgebody Bootcamp Louisville. Simple and straightforward. Man, this has been awesome. I really appreciate your time and, and your openness with how you guys have been experiencing business ownership here at Edgebody. I'm excited to see what the future holds for you, man. I wish you nothing but the best, and, and we thank you for your time. Excellent. Thank you, Joe. I appreciate you, and uh, thanks to Jim Lords for having me. Absolutely. And to everyone who tuned in today, thank you as well. Don't forget, if you want to be notified about future episodes, hit like and subscribe. If you're interested in joining us to talk about your business model within the fitness industry, click the link in the description, fill it out. Our team will be in touch with you soon. And as always, until next time, Jim Lord's out. Thank you for listening to the podcast so far. Don't go anywhere. We still have another episode coming right up right after this word from one of our sponsors. The Gym Lords Podcast is sponsored by Prestige Labs. Prestige Labs is the first and only nutritional supplements company built by gym owners for gym owners. Prestige Labs solves the problem that all gyms have experienced, the broken inventory model, low commissions, and even lower quality products. Prestige Labs provides 100% drop shipping, zero inventory, PhD formulated high quality supplements for you and your clients. The goal is simple, cover 100% of your rent while never sacrificing your integrity. To learn more, or to become an affiliate of Prestige Labs for free, apply at affiliate.prestigelabs.com. That's affiliate.prestigelabs.com. Double your client results, double your income. You can head to affiliate.prestigelabs.com to become an affiliate for free. Now stick around for the rest of this episode. Use coupon code GYMLORDS on prestigelabs.com for 20% off all future supplement orders. Welcome back to another episode of the Gym Lords Podcast. My name is Bree. I will be your host today, and I am here with Nick from Reform in Brooklyn, New York. What's up, Nick? How are you today? I'm good, Brianna. How are you? Doing well. Thank you so much for taking the time to join us. I appreciate it. Thank you. All right. So let's jump right into the details here. How did we get started? What is it that made you want to own your own facility? <laughs> uh this was kind of out of necessity for me. Uh, it was, uh, you know, I feel like you've heard the story about COVID, you know, we, we were all in fitness and, and uh, COVID hits and everything changes. So uh, for me, it was, it was, uh, I, I was with my partner. Uh, it, we were in this uh, gym for 10 years, a great gym body elite in, in Brooklyn, great community, really good place to work. Owners were great. Uh, gave us a lot of freedom and, you know, uh, COVID closed the gyms. Shortly thereafter, the gym itself collapsed due to like a, a construction accident. Wow. So I no longer had a place to work. <laughs> uh, yeah, it was pretty insane. Uh, no longer had a place to work. We were really sad for a little bit. And, and you know, 
of what we lost, but uh, I just realized that I needed to build something. So I uh, started looking for places, started just thinking about how I wanted to offer, what I wanted to offer. I had no idea this was a new thing. So it all just came together over the last year and a half and finally found a spot late last year and, and just opened a month ago. Uh, people have always told me I should open my own thing, but I felt like I had a really good thing in my old gym and, and it was a really great place to work, great community, like I said earlier. Uh, but this was kind of the perfect opportunity and uh, I, I felt like I had to do it. Right. Yeah, absolutely. Okay. So it's, it's almost like it was, it was meant for you to open your own facility. It's kind of crazy how that all played out. So, um, now what does your business model look like within the facility now? How are you structuring things? What services are you providing? Are you doing mostly group classes, semi-privates, one-on-ones? What does that all kind of look like? Yeah, so right now, uh, you know, in this opening phase, it's, it's again, it's been like four to six weeks. We knew that uh, we're trainers and we knew that we wanted to offer personal training, you know, solo, duo, just small group. And uh, yeah, we're also in Brooklyn, right? So, so in Brooklyn, we don't have warehouse level facilities. We don't have huge spaces to fit out and put mm-hmm. every type of machinery and equipment in. So we had to be really concise and really efficient with the space. Yep. Uh, so we don't offer group classes right now. We really hope to be able to work that in the future, but our focus really is personal training and uh, just monthly uh, come and go as you please membership on a key fob system. So that's really our, our main, uh, you know, what we're trying to offer. Got it. Okay. And how many clients are you currently serving at the facility? Yeah. So, I mean, a combination of, uh, you know, it's, 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 it's really gone a lot faster and, and better than I expected in projections, but uh, we, I mean, it's probably a combination. It's, it's upwards of a hundred people in our facility already. Uh, I was expecting it to be somewhere around 20 to 40 at this point. Mm-hmm. Uh, but yeah, between uh, my clients, my partner's clients, uh, we have a couple trainers working for us, their clients, and just the people signing up for monthlies uh, or partnerships, we call them. Uh, yeah, I mean, upwards of 100 people, and we definitely have a little more room to grow. It's it's uh, it's it's a good problem to have. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. That's awesome to hear. And so, with the way that you're structuring the memberships, which you said you refer to them as partnerships, so how is that? Um, you're doing month month to month, is it for packages? Yeah, month to month. So month to month, uh, we're just doing month to month. Uh, 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 partnerships, memberships, you know, in a, in a typical st- uh, sense, just month right. to month, no commitment. Uh, you know, we really just, we want to make it as casual and easy and, and um, just, just make everybody want to be there. If they want to be there, if they can't be there, they're, they're, they're not, you know. Okay. All right. So it's just a, a flat rate that they're paying. Is that for like three sessions a week or um, how does that work? Oh yeah. That's just uh, it. So we, uh, our personal training is separate. I mean, per, uh, our, our, our monthly partners get a better rate for training with us if they want to train with us. But, but the partnership is just, it's full access to the studio from 5 a.m. to 9 p.m. Okay. as much as they want to come on a key fob system. We have it. It's, it's almost like a, it's almost like a hotel gym or a gym in your apartment, right? Like so lots of Brooklyn, uh, Brooklyn uh, apartments, apartment buildings have gyms in their basement or have gyms like a shared apartment gym. It's kind of interesting how that works in New York, but uh, but yeah, we wanted to have that idea where people can come and go as they please, mm-hmm. uh, you know, come in, the lights turn on, the music's on, you have everything you need, you have all the equipment you need, and you just really, it's your place. Uh, we just happen to run it for you. 
So that's really the, the monthly partnerships are that you, you get Got as much it. as you want. And then we have a second level of partnership where I program everyone's workouts. So that's, mm -hmm. that's basically our model. Got it. Okay. All right, cool. So those are more of like a, an open membership. And then the personal training side is kind of separate from that. That's right. Yeah. Got it. Okay. And now within the personal training side of things, how are you structuring payment for those services? Is that like a package that they're purchasing or what does that look like? Yeah, we, we uh, right now it's, there's no package. Uh, I always, uh, you know, I understand the time value of money. I'm not really sold on, uh, you know, I think if a trainer is good, I think that they should be, their services should be valued. I, I, I feel like offering a 10 pack, 20 pack, 50 pack, I feel like it's slightly devaluing a good trainer services. That's just my opinion right now. And that may change again, I'm open a month. Um, so we don't offer packages just because I just feel, uh, you know, I've been doing this a long time and my partner's been doing this a long time. And the, the people that we hired have been doing this a long time. They have really good experience, uh, a really good like piece of the community in the neighborhood. And I feel like they should be paid for that. So, uh, you know, a session is a session, uh, you know, I, I, there's no packages, let's say to, to, to make them all very short. Okay. And so I don't like the idea of packages either. Let me just preface this with that. Um, now, have you considered doing a monthly rate for personal training? Yeah, I have. It, I, I feel like, you know, combining a monthly rate for training with some sort of, uh, you know, open membership system would be uh, prohibitively expensive for lots of people. Uh, I think there'll be some sticker shock. Uh, I like to kind of separate it in small little chunks. Mm -hmm. uh, I, I really, I, I would struggle to, to have someone paying, you know, five, six, $700 a month uh, in one shot for training plus a membership or a partnership, we call them, um, you, you know, but if we can break that down into chunks, many people spend that right uh yeah and uh and we are grateful for that but i think uh just from a from a face value perspective i think that it's a little bit more manageable a little easier to handle i think but i'm not it's it's not it's not out of the question yeah it's funny that you said five six seven hundred dollars i was thinking like twelve hundred dollars fifteen hundred dollars yeah, right, dollars. Right, yeah. Right. so um but just from like a, a business standpoint so if you're doing per session are you doing per session Right now, are you, you're charging per session? Yeah. yeah. So the way I look at it is like, okay, now you have to, you're essentially, you're selling somebody however many times a year, upwards of a hundred times a year, Sure. if they're training two, three times a week. Whereas mm -hmm. if, even if you did it monthly, it would be 12 times a year. Or mm -hmm. if you got them on some type of a, a subscription for an mm -hmm. extended period of time, then obviously it's maybe once a year or twice a year. Um, and that level of commitment is there from them. Because as we know, you know, people aren't getting results in one session. They're not getting results in five sessions. They're, you know, it takes a little bit of time. So there, there does have to be some level of commitment there. Mm -hmm. um, so, you know, it makes it easier from a business standpoint. And then also typically people are getting better results if they're staying for a longer period of time. And you know, people who pay, pay attention, right? So if they're investing a large amount of money into their training on a monthly basis, chances are they're going to be more serious about it and actually get the results that they're looking for. Yeah, you know, yeah, it's all good points. I, I my mind just tends to think of, um, yeah, it's all good points. You know, it, it's all stuff that I've, I've, I've thought about over the last, you know, year, year and a half. And, mm -hmm. and I really, you know, I think that, 
<laughs> it's uh, my mind is going a lot of different places, but I just, yeah, it, it's all, it's all good points, you know, investing upfront, uh, you know, and making an investment in their health. It's super important. Mm-hmm. Um, I think our clients and customers understand that. I mean, our rates are competitive, but they are definitely at the higher end because of the quality of service that they're getting. That's in, right. in my opinion, as the owner and I, I, uh, they understand, uh, I always want my, my partners, we have a small partnership base and we're always going to have a small partnership base. I really want them to feel like they're getting value. I really want them to feel like they're getting value. I never liked when, you know, uh, you know, con- Verizon signs me up for a two year contract for cable. And I, I'm just like, you know, I'm kind of stuck now. I never want any of my partners to feel that way. I want them to feel like I am paying for this session and I'm getting results from this session and I'm happy with that, right? I'm not locked into this 40 session yearly package where I have to use the sessions or I'm out money. It creates a little bit of a friction in my mind, but maybe this is very specific to my clientele in my neighborhood. It's, you know, it's just a small community. It's really, you know, tons of families, uh, you know, everybody's close. Everybody in the space is really, you know, so amazing to each other. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's, it's such a great community and, and I, it could have something to do with that. You know, I, I just really want to provide value without holding them over the fire or, or you know, holding them over the coals at all. It, again, it, these are like things as a new gym owner that I think about every day. You know, mm-hmm. I, I, I think about changing the model. I think about keeping the model. Is it running well? Is it not? Uh, you know, I've had good luck so far and good success. Uh, so to be determined, really. <laughs> right. Yeah. Well, that's the thing. You know, it kind of plays out over time because mm-hmm. if retention isn't an issue if you have people that are sticking around for long periods of time on the month to month Mm. kind of setup there then it's not necessarily an issue um where you tend to run into the issue is when people aren't sticking around for a long period of time and then it becomes really hard to be able to predict what type of revenue we're looking to see on a monthly basis. And that's where things get challenging from a business standpoint, because then it makes it really hard to be able to track. And if you can't track it, you really can't grow it. Uh, So, and it makes it hard to make decisions about the business. You know, do we need to invest more into marketing? Do we need to get the word out there more? Where do we need to direct our attention to provide the service that these people are looking for so that they actually stay? Um, so, you know, those are some things that come up along the way, but it's, you know, if it works for you on a month to month basis, then that's good. If people are sticking around, that's good. Um, I personally always liked to have some type of agreement there just to make it more predictable from a business standpoint. Um, and you know, retention wasn't an issue there either, but it just kind of depends on what works, you know? Um, so just over time. Again, if people are sticking around, not a big deal. But when we start getting into high churn rates and people leaving and we're, you know, losing people out the back end, but not bringing enough people in on the front end, then there are other things that play into that, obviously, as well. But um, so now, as far as other levels of service within the facility, are you offering any type of nutrition, accountability, anything like that um, to your clients as well? Yeah. So, uh, you know, with our partnerships, we, we've teamed up with a, a great nutritionist that uh, was from our neighborhood, uh, Serena, Serena Marie, and she, uh, registered dietitianist and she, uh, dietitian and she, uh, she gives all of our partners kind of like this starting off 
package. So it mm -hmm. kind of comes with the, with the partnership. She sends videos. They're really informative, but really easy and manageable to take on. Uh, what I don't want is someone who doesn't like chain gyms, walks into our place, is a little bit nervous, right? Doesn't really know what, what's going to happen, you know, with these big weights and equipment. And, you know, I, I don't want them to then be told, uh, you know, by the diet, by our registered, by uh, Serena, our dietitian, that they should, you know, okay, just jump right into keto. Uh, I just want very easy, manageable things, digestible things yeah. they can understand easily, put into effect how to improve their water intake, how to get a little bit better sleep, what really is the deal with carbohydrates, right? Are they as bad as we're all told? So that, that you know, I, I, very manageable. Uh, and there's a piece of accountability there. People are feeling good. They signed up for a new partnership. They get a little bit of help on the nutrition end with those videos. In terms of accountability, I mean, we also, you know, we do posted workouts and such. But I, I think accountability-wise, uh, in my program, I use True Coach for programming. Uh, mm -hmm. And uh, one of our membership levels are uh, providing programming for every workout in like four, eight, or 12-week stints, you know, kind of phases. So uh, I, I do this programming um, along with neurotyping and along with uh, assessing uh, that I really learned a lot from Christian Thibodeau, um, who's amazing. He's just like the guy that I'm like, I want to be. Um, uh, he, uh, he, and, and I, so I use true coach to provide that to them. And I feel like that is really the ultimate form of, of accountability. I mean, they're in there every time they log a workout, I see it, I give them a thumbs up or a, or a muscle sign. Right. They enjoy it. They like that back and forth. They ask me questions. They see me in the space. They're asking me questions. I think, I think they all feel slightly personal accountable, accountable to me, not even as a coach or trainer, but just as the guy they see in the street and, and, you know, the neighborhood. Um, and that's nice. Uh, you know, I, I feel like they're family, you know, like, again, it's a small partnership base, uh, you know, each one of these people, I'm so grateful that they would even invest in my place and in me. And, and, uh, you know, I don't take that lightly and I really want to provide them value, like I was saying before. And I just, uh, I think accountability is so key. And I think true coach and really just any programming app where you can talk mm -hmm. it, it is such a great tool for that. Right. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, Above all, people just need somebody there holding them accountable, accountable rather. A lot of times, you know, it's like that's what they need overall. Um, but once they actually get into the gym and kind of get into a routine and stuff, uh, just to have somebody there waiting for them or knowing that somebody's going to be checking in on them or, you know, that that goes a long way. So little things like that tend to really add up as far as the level of service that you're getting. Now, as far as getting the word out there about your facility and what you do, how are you going about doing that with the marketing piece? Yeah, I mean, you know, that's something that I need to learn. Uh, I, uh, you know, we, we, you know, we go to constant contact and we have this other service called Referizer Route. But, you know, uh, so there's that, there's like the email blast and text blast and such like that. You know, we have a nice database of users and of people and of, you know, collected information. We're on a great corner, uh, really lucky to have found a great corner in Cow Gardens. I think it's really valuable. I think that, uh, I, you know, I can't really speak for much of the rest of the country, but uh, location is so key in, in Brooklyn. Uh, really, truly, you know, people aren't driving into a parking lot and going into the gym. It's really, I mean, are you walking five or less blocks? Right. And if you are, that's great. And, and you already 
are almost there in that conversion, right? You know, so that alone, I think the combination of that and providing a high level of service, in my opinion, I think, I think it really puts us in a good position. Uh, yeah, I mean, you know, and, 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 you know, we get lots of walk-bys, we get lots of people peeking in, seeing, you know, me lifting or seeing some of my members lifting, seeing somebody training a client, somebody boxing in the window, and they're just like, whoa, that's really cool. I just want right. to find out what's going on in here. We also, the space isn't really, uh, it doesn't look like a gym. Uh, it was designed by my partner uh, and, and uh, you know, she really uh, took the time and picked very specific fixtures, very specific colors, very specific, you know, flooring. Uh, it, it doesn't feel like a typical gym. Uh, we didn't want the typical gym feel. We wanted something a little bit more warm uh, mm -hmm. to say the least. And, and, uh, not, not there's anything wrong with the typical gym. I'm a gym head. I used to love that. Right. Um, <laughs> I still do love it. And, and, uh, but we just decided to go in a little bit of a different route. So I think people, it, it, it kind of draws people in, makes them interested. And mm -hmm. when they see pictures on Facebook and Instagram and on our social, they're like, this is a gym and it has rogue weights in it and Samson equipment, but what it doesn't look like a gym. Um, right. it looks like, like, an apartment. It looks like a studio. It looks like a, you know, an, not an office, but it looks like, yeah, just someplace that you want to come in and hang out. Right. Cool. Okay. Uh, and now have you thought about advertising through Facebook, Instagram, Google, the paid advertising yeah. realm? Uh, where are your, where's your head with that? Where are you as far as that process goes? Yeah. So I, uh, I, <laughs> I just, I hate social media. I'm really bad at it. Right. So um, I'm really awful at it. I've been awful at it my whole life. Uh, you know, back when I was younger and I tried to do an Instagram for myself, I was just I was like struggling to find things to post that were interesting. Yeah. Uh, I just you know, I I really don't think, you know, me eating avocados is really a great. Right. I don't think that's interesting. Right. Or me, you know, whatever new sneakers I bought or whatever. Right. Um, I so I'm just not good at it. I really I, maybe I have trouble speaking about myself, but. Um, you know, I have thought about it and, and why I say that story before that is I've, I've just asked people who are a lot smarter than me in social media to help. And their opinion right now is it's a little too early to spend on advertised social media posts right now. Um, I am definitely open to the idea if, if I'm, if I'm seeing metrics, we have a really good, uh, you know, I was actually, uh, uh, you know, talking um, to one of the producers and just talking about our, our not conversion rate, but our, uh, the rate of people, our followers versus the amount of people that interact with our posts, mm -hmm. the, the name, the word is escaping me, but, uh, you know, and we have a really good one. Uh, so, mm -hmm. you know, as long as we can keep that going, we have some social posts, we hope it adds value to our people. We hope it gets people excited about the space. Uh, you know, and, but six months down the line and that dries up or slows down, I'm, we have a budget set aside for paid advertising if we need it, for sure. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Definitely an important thing to learn. I mean, in my opinion, it's the most important thing that you can know how to do for your business because it allows you to control the flow of leads. You know, like you said, when things quiet down a little bit, you can kind of turn on the faucet, crank it up and feed the business, which is so big. A lot of people just don't know how to do that. You know, and then you get into a situation where things quiet down a little, people aren't coming in the door, you can't pay your bills, you know, things snowball from there. Um, but being able to know how to feed the business when necessary is so, so important. 
And, you know, with that being said, have you considered any type of like front end offers that you're going to run when you do run the advertising, any type of like trials or offers or anything of that nature? Yeah, we, you know, I really wanted to find a way to, to do that in conjunction with other local businesses in my area. Uh, you know, we have a partnership with a local yoga space, right? So I know, I know what we offer. Uh, you know, we offer weightlifting, you know, uh, uh, personal training, powerlifting, you know, cardio, high intensity services. You know, we're not a CrossFit. We're not a yoga studio. We're not a Pilates studio. We have those around us. Right. So I think it's really important for just local business owners just to get together. So, so you know, I, I guess my ideas with all this is provide some sort of benefit for other local business owners and their clientele via a, a, a small discounted rate. Maybe, maybe they come in for a, a, a much less expensive day pass and they get a feel for the space. And it's because they are affiliated with a yoga space or they're affiliated with a Pilates space or affiliated with a martial arts space that's close by. We have kind of a little partnership, a little back and forth. I, I think that any, in my mind, any of those promotions or offers, I would love for it to be a cross marketing uh, idea with, a, with another local business. I think that really goes a long way. It gets our brand into their clients' minds. It gets their brand into our clients' minds. It just, it's really positive in every direction. Um, mm -hmm. And, and, you know, in terms of promotions, like we were mentioning before about uh, the lack of packages in my space, I just have trouble devaluing. So uh, yeah, I really think that, you know, the prices that are set are the prices set for a reason. I have, uh, yeah, I struggle with, with promoting things by devaluing it or, or dropping the price. So I think that it really is a nice, you know, going the route of, oh, you know, you, you go to this uh, healing center element is a block away from us. They're amazing. You go to this healing center, the whole neighborhood goes there. Um, oh, if you're, if you're one of our clients, maybe you check out reform and, and uh, you come in for a day pass, right. You know, right. do kind of go with that route, you know, more promotional style. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. And on the value side of things, you know, a lot of times, and this is why I, I specifically ask about this piece is a lot of gym owners go with like a, a low barrier offer as far as like on the, on the front end in the, in the advertising piece. And a lot of time the people that come in aren't as serious, you know, especially if you're a higher ticket facility, you know, it's like, you're not, you're not serving everyone and you are looking for those higher ticket clients, you know, and a lot of times when we run into situations where we're offering low barrier offers, whether it be like, 10 days for $10 or, you know, whatever it might be. A lot of time the people that come in to check that out aren't actually the people that you're looking for, you know? So a lot of times people struggle with that. It's like, we're getting all these people to come in the door, but nobody is signing up. Nobody is sticking around, you know? So being able to target, but then also being able to offer something on the front end where people are paying a larger amount on day one coming in for an extended period of time committing to, you know, whether it be a couple of weeks or a couple of months on the front end, typically that helps to get the right people in the door, get them some results. And then they tend to stick around for a longer period of time. And they're kind of more accustomed to the pricing as well. You know, and, and that's something that people really struggle with in, especially in the beginning. And I'm glad that you don't have that mindset, you know, because I hear that so often where people are just 
undervaluing themselves, you know, and it's like to just get people in the door, but they're not realizing that, you know, those two things are connected. You can get a million people in the door, but if they're not interested in the services that you're providing, then it really doesn't matter. Yeah, I think it's, I think really, you know, everything you said, I, I couldn't agree with more. I really think it's important to connect with who, who, who are your clientele? Who is your market? Who are you selling to? And why are you selling to them? You know, why, like the book, like Simon Sinek's Start With Why is like a, a book that has stayed with me forever. And it really informs all of my decision-making. And, and why am I giving 10 days for $10? Why am I doing that? Right? Is, is the reasoning, you know, I'm sorry, excuse me one second. Is, is the reasoning some sort of like a, you know, a, Am I am I trying to trick people? Am I trying to get them in and say, uh, you know, yeah, ten days for ten dollars, fall in love with the space. But guess what? Now you're going to be you're going to be spending twenty times as much. Right. I just don't think that leads to a great conversion rate. Mm -hmm. I I I just try to put myself in their shoes. You know, mm -hmm. if Con Ed gave me a bill that was twenty bucks, and then the next month it was four hundred dollars, I'd be like, where yeah. did that come from? Right. Right. So, right. so, you know, yeah, I think everything you said is really accurate and on point. And, and I really start with why, why, why am I doing this promotion? It's an easy question for me to answer when I am partnering with another business local in the neighborhood, people that I know and want to give my people to, I really right. believe in their business. I believe in Brooklyn yoga project. I believe in a line Pilates. I believe in element healing, you know, and, and, but I believe in the restaurants around me too. Right. Like bar Bruno is great. Right. Rolls is great. I want to, I, you know, and I, you know, I go out and enjoy restaurants all the time and uh, mm -hmm. you know, it, it's great. And I love a glass of wine and, and bar and all that, but like, I, I want them to be a part of the community as well. Why am I doing that? It's an easy question to answer for right. me, but why I'm giving away $10 for 10 days, it's a little tougher for me. Right. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Now, where are you directing most of your attention in the business over the next six months to a year? Like a year from now, where would you like to see the business? You know, I mean, like I said, it's grown, it's grown from nothing to where we're at now. I, I mean, mm -hmm. in such a, such a fast time and uh, you know, six months to a year from now, it's hard for me to think about it. I'm really thinking in kind of like two or three month chunks. Mm -hmm. And I really think that, uh, you know, I, in six months to a year, it could be, it could be the case where I'm, I'm really programming. I'm really giving people more value on the programming end. We could, I, I, I honestly think that it could be the case where we are wondering about space constraints so it's something that I'm starting to think about already and the possibility of, and, and I hate to even throw this out to the universe, but the possibility of expanding. Uh, yeah. Again, we have grown so much and I'm so grateful for the last six weeks and the word and just the vibe and everybody's so excited and we have people coming in every day just wondering what's going on. Right. And that's really nice, you know, and, and I, if that happens, we're just not going to be able to accommodate. And, and the last thing that I want to do is start turning people away. So I'm very into... Uh, maybe providing programming, distance programming, right? So if they have a facility that they can use, I'm happy to program for them. If they're going away, I'm happy to program for them because they still have a piece of reform and a piece of me, even though they might not be using my facility. Also, you know, looking at times and, and patterns of when people are entering the gym. I feel like COVID has really changed that for all of us, for all of us gym owners and fitness people. It's not the old before work and after work anymore, especially in my neighborhood. People are working from home. 
right. and they're, they're, they're finishing their morning meetings at 10.30 a.m., walking over and getting a workout and coming back. And we never saw that before. You know, it, was, it just never was like that. The middle of the day was, there was no one there. And, right. and you know, finding those off-peak times where I can offer something for people you know, so that we have the space, it's sitting there for your use, it's just not being used. Maybe we can find a fun way, an interesting way to get people in for those times. So I think in the next three to six months, I mean, that's really where my head is at is how can I make the most use of the space for the amount of time that we are open? And in addition, if we get a little bit overwhelmed, how do I expand possibly to another location, possibly, you know, add more room, uh, you know, which I don't know how you do in Brooklyn, but uh, yeah, right. you know, just some, uh, just, just, uh, you know, uh, we're, uh, the bottom line is we've been very lucky and grateful and, and uh, you know, just kind of humbled by the response. And as a result, I, I, I want to provide, I really yeah. want more value for everybody. I, I'm willing to work and put more value. And, uh, you know, how do I do that? I think that's right. the short answer. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. That's, that's the main piece there. How do we provide the most value and get the best results and, you know, provide the most, the, the highest level of service for sure. the clients that we're serving. Sure. So absolutely. All right. So now one thing that I always love to ask every gym owner that I speak with is if you could provide a piece of advice to somebody who is considering opening their own business, doing their own thing, kind of going their own way. I know you're still uh, new to the ownership piece, but you've been in the industry for a little bit now. Uh, so what would that be? What's the biggest thing you've kind of learned along the way? Yeah. You know, the biggest thing for me is like empathy. Like I, I really feel like empathy is everything in this business. Mm -hmm. uh, if you, if you don't love it and you don't really understand why people are coming to you and, and like what's going on in their life. The, re the reason that we open this space is not only to have a space that people walk into and they know what to do at all times and they have everything they could possibly need, but it's also, you know, fitness is bigger than just, than just looking good. And fitness yeah. is even bigger than just feeling good. I mean, it makes me sleep better, right? Mm -hmm. It makes me like more calm. It, it just, it does so many tertiary things that I want to give people. And, and that's the reason why we opened this space. Right. And I, I think it all starts with empathy. I think that you have to understand why people are coming to you. Like what's their pain? Like, why are they committing all of this money and time and effort, right? Because if it was easy, like everybody wants to be a bodybuilder, but nobody wants to lift big weight, Ronnie Coleman, right? Yeah. So like, you know, like if it was easy, uh, Everybody would do it, but it's not easy. This is hard work. Everybody knows this, right? Mm -hmm. You're going to work hard in here. You're going to sweat, right? You're going to bleed. It's not easy, mm -hmm. um, but they're committing time and money and valuable time away from their families. Yes. Why? Right. What's the reason that they're doing it? And I think it starts with empathy from our perspective and just feeling like, yeah, you know, like I'm really amazed at every person that comes in and it's like, you're really, you know, you're putting a lot of faith in us, but you're like committing. You know, and that's a big deal. You yeah. know, there's not many things in life that we do right? Uh, that with that level of commitment. Right. Mm -hmm. And, and this is all we got, you know, we only have this body. Exactly. Right? So yes. like, I really, I, I am not only gracious, but also I, I recognize it. And yes. I think it starts with empathy and understanding that not everybody is loving a gym. Not everybody loves coming in and lifting weights like I do, mm -hmm. you know, so how can we get them a little closer to that? How can we yeah. get them? enjoying it a little bit more, 
right? Variation, you know, just, just playing with it a little bit, making it as much of a fun experience as something like this can be. I think uh, the long, the, the short answer is, I would just say, just uh, really sit down and let the, the feeling get into you of, of empathy and like really connect, you know, like it's all about connection and everything else will take care of itself yes. as, as much as what I've seen. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. I mean, it's the most important investment as far as, I mean, financially and time that people can make in themselves. So keeping that in mind and, you know, keeping in mind what it is that you're doing for people, you know, it's like you're changing people's lives and a lot of times saving people's lives, oh, yeah. you know? So oh, yeah. that's, and, and just on um, many levels, yeah. <laughs> on many, many levels outside of the gym, you know, yes. I mean, I've, I've lots of great stories that maybe Absolutely. we can do a second podcast about, but the, yeah. uh, you know, uh, uh, you know, just, just, uh, you know, people just feeling awful about themselves, right. Dealing with a, with a past injury, right. On the basic level, but really just like lack of self-confidence and they haven't had that self-confidence for years. Right. right? And, they, and I, they come in and I see people changing. I see mm -hmm. people changing over the course of three months, just because they, they're not even, they don't even have to be losing weight. They don't no. even have to be getting stronger, but they just like feel good. And that's everything. Right. So, you know, I think that's where it starts. Absolutely. Yeah. I mean, there's a huge mental aspect to the gym and working out and taking care of yourself as well. Mm -hmm. And all, all super important pieces there. So, but yeah, I mean, that's a great point. Just remaining empathetic and kind of understanding who it is that you're working with. And at the end of the day, what you're doing for them. So I love that. All right. So now as we start to wrap up here, where can the listeners find you on social media? Uh, yeah. So on social media, I mean, we're on, we're on, uh, Instagram re.form.bk. We're on, uh, Facebook reform BK. Uh, you know, we do some posting there. I'm trying to get a little bit better about that. Uh, okay. uh, you know, we, uh, you know, we, uh, you know, our website is reformbk.com. We have a lot, lots of really good information up there and, you know, we, uh, yeah, we're just striving to, like I said, just, just try to get a little bit better about all that stuff and, and, tell, tell people, you know, get the word out a little bit better. Yes, absolutely. <laughs> All right. So Nick from reform in Brooklyn, New York, thank you so much for taking the time to join us today. It's been so great having you on the show. Thanks, Brianna. I appreciate it. Absolutely. To all the listeners out there, make sure that you subscribe so that you'll be updated on future episodes of the show. In the meantime, keep killing it out there and we will catch you on the flip side. Jim Lords out. Thank you so much for listening. If you found this content valuable, here's four ways we can help you grow your gym for free. One, grab a free copy of Alex Ramosi's best-selling book, Gym Launch Secrets, at alexsbook.com. Two, join our free Facebook group at alexsgroup.com. Three, if you're a gym owner, you can apply to be on the podcast by emailing us at podcast at gymlaunch.com. Four, leave us a five-star review so we can gain access to more gym owners and bring those lessons back to you. And as always, Tap that button and subscribe to this podcast for more.